you, and it's uh, part of the, goes along with the lesson today, John 6.35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. What a declaration. Let's consider this closely. What does he mean? In the natural, unless we eat, we die. That's simple, right? We must eat natural bread or food to live. It is very simple. Jesus in like manner says, unless we eat from him, we have no life in us. When we eat natural food, it sustains us into natural life. Natural food equals natural life. Natural food equals natural life. Now Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. This is not natural life, but spiritual. Unless I eat of him, I do not have spiritual life, period. Through God's grace, I can eat of Christ and must eat of Christ to live. Now, I want us to hear this. Again, I repeat, natural food equals natural life and nothing more. Eating of Christ Jesus equals spiritual life. This is an altogether different life. It is the life of Him. He is our life, as Paul writes in the epistles. There's three or four more paragraphs on Facebook that I put out there. But I, this gets into something I really want to say. It is critical as a Christian to hear this. I mean critical. Natural food equals natural life. Let's, let's just consider this for a moment real close. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. All right. He's the bread of another kind of life. A whole together different life. And it's to get a hold of that is critical for growth. It's critical. I'm the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. That bread couldn't sustain them. That bread couldn't give them eternal life. And he says, I'm the bread that gives eternal life. That's who I am. I give eternal life. And eternal life is a different life than natural life. This is what a lot of Christians do not understand. Christians believe, many of us believe, that Jesus come and forgave us our sins, that we would just live better lives. That's what, that's the predominant teaching in the church. Jesus come, He forgave my sins. Now I'm to live a better life. I'm to do better than I used to. 
And that's a lot of times where, where it stops or, or to some glad day or how, however people project things. But Jesus says, I've come that you have life. I come that you have life. So, so you have to consider that until He come, no one had life. No one had life. And He said that. That He alone had this life. Unless a corn of wheat fall in the ground and die, it abides alone. I'm the only one with this life. Now, what we gain when we eat His flesh is we gain His life. And it's an altogether different life. So salvation brings you into an altogether different life. And that's what so many of God's dear people don't see. That they're not just getting, we're not just becoming better people. That Jesus just didn't come that we become better Christians. That we live better he came that we would live unto God. See, that's the difference. He came that we would live unto God. That's why He come. That before we didn't live unto God, we, you know, even if we didn't commit sins, we weren't living unto God. But our concept in Christianity is if I just didn't sin, I'd be right with God. No, Jesus says, I'm the bread of this life. And unless you eat of me, you don't have this life. So he makes this life about him. Not about you. So he doesn't make this life about doing all kinds of things. Now we'll do things because of his life. Don't get me wrong. We'll live certain ways in the earth because of His life, but first and foremost, His life is other than our life. That's first and foremost. His life is other than natural life. I shouldn't say our life because we're in His life. But His life is other than natural life. And how we get into His life is we eat of Him. And he makes this plain in John 6. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. No means doesn't belong to you. You don't have it. Unless you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, you have no life. Doesn't mean you're not naturally living. It means you do not have His life. And His life is, again, other than your life, naturally. Or, or other than natural life. I'm going to correct myself, brother, lest I get it right. Because your life, if you're in Christ, is His life. See, see but this is the problem of the soul. We think our life 
is still natural life. That's the, that's the problem of our soul. Is we don't see the separation that came in Christ. We don't comprehend it. So, as we break down these I am's of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to see Him. We are to know Him. Because He defined Himself throughout John's Gospel. He actually, you know, we, we, we've talked about this for a long time, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He actually tells you, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the door. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and life. I am in my Father. He, he defines Himself as who He is. I am come. He gives Him His identity through His words. And then His words are made real to us by the Spirit of God. See, if He hadn't died and been buried and resurrected, His words would have no authority in this way. Now they had authority. They had authority when He came, but they had authority because He was going to complete His mission. When He come, He said, I've come that you may have life. Before He come, you couldn't even come to life. You couldn't get to life. You could... You could live right and still not have life. And that's, and that's what God's dear people have mistakenly thought life was, was just doing good things. But life is centered in the person of Christ. And you will do good things. But you'll live out of His life. And how I live out of his life is eat his word. I, I, was, I was thinking this morning, as I was growing up as a young man of, of family members, and how we would do what we're doing today. We'd all go to what you call going to church. Our group of family members. I should say we'd all go. But some of, many of us would go to what we called going to church. And we'd go home. And we'd set aside the Bible, maybe till, well, we usually went Sunday night too, so Sunday night. Then we had Wednesday night service. And we set it out, set it out till usually then. And usually the conversations were around the Bible said. It was like it was this great instruction manual. This is how I'm supposed to live. And that's how we, we thought Christianity is. We get this Bible and here's God's rules and instructions for your life. Now you go live in accordance to what this Bible says. Because here, here you go. Here's this great big book. You figure it out. And you live like the Bible says. And I probably said things like that, Sheila. Okay. But Jesus says in the Bible, I'm the life. 
So the Bible never prepared me to live in His life. It told me who His life was. Or who the life is. But I can read the Bible all day and still not live in His life. I can have the Bible. I can have 50 of them. And I probably do. Lord knows how many is throughout my house. I have a bunch of Bibles. And I don't know how many I have in computers. But I could read them all day long. And, and unless I eat His flesh and drink His blood, I do not have His life. So it's a very distinct life. I know I'm spending a lot of time on this, but I want to make this point. His life is distinct. It is spiritual life. You do not have spiritual life unless you eat His life. It's a another life. And his bread's another bread. So, we, so we, we, we see this in the Lord himself, in, in these scriptures in John, and I, I've got a lot of stuff to get by, and I'm going to try to keep this down to about 40, 45 minutes. In, so I won't read all my scripture this morning, but I want to make some points out of this. The purpose of the bread is to give life. Jesus said, for the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven, this is John 6, 33, and gives life unto the world. I'm going to repeat something I just said. The world was already in natural, what they called natural living. They were already living in the soul. First man, Adam, was made a living soul. So they were already living in that life. But he makes a distinction that the bread of life is that which cometh down out of heaven and gives life to the world. So that's the purpose of the bread. That this life that is Christ would be given to the world. And... Then the other one is, he that comes to Jesus will never hunger and thirst. You can have as much of his bread, if I understand what he's saying right, you have as much as you want. He has an endless supply. He's not going to run out of bread. He's not going to run out of water. Just like he said to the Samaritan lady, that there will be a wellspring of water springing up in you unto eternal life. If you come drink of me, if you come eat of me, I'm going to satisfy your soul. I'm going to satisfy your heart, is what he's saying. And I'm not going to run out. And that's really, as a Christian, what we have to do is eat of Him. Unless we eat of Him, we don't have life. If we eat of Him, we have life. So as we eat of Him, we begin to live in His life. We begin to dwell in His understanding. And all these things He says comes together. I am the light. And we're going to get into that one. I'm the understanding, I'm the comprehension, the light. I'm how you walk. 
Because most of us still walk according to the natural man. But this is where we are. I'm the bread of life. Verily, verily, verse 47. Verily, verily, say unto you, He that believeth hath eternal life. This is how we eat. We believe the bread. We believe what God says to us. We receive it. I have to receive of Him. I have to be willing to receive it. That's how I eat. When God reveals Him by the Spirit, I receive it. I eat it. I partake of it. I bring it into my heart. That's how I eat. And as we said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate man in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which come down out of heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Yea, and the bread which I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. So, Jesus says He's given His flesh for the life of the world. Unless you eat My flesh and drink My blood, you have no life in you. Now, I wrote this down. What does His flesh speak of? What does His blood, or I wrote down, what does His blood speak of? Or I had the thought, and I wrote down answers. What does His blood think of, speak of? Because we eat His flesh and drink His blood. So what does it speak of? How do I eat his flesh and drink his blood? I, I said this last week. It's way more than eating a cracker and taking grape juice. Way more. And a lot of people have reduced it down to that. To either a cracker and grape juice or bread and wine. It's way more than that. So when I eat his flesh, I'm eating, I'm partaking of receiving into me everything that Jesus did in the body of His flesh. And I believe everything He did in the body of His resurrection too. Okay? So, and when I drink His blood, the same thing. So He said in Luke that His blood was the blood of the new covenant. Luke or Matthew. I may be getting them crossed. But he says in the Gospels, his blood is the blood of the new covenant. So if I'm drinking his blood, I'm drinking of the new covenant. Not drinking of the old. I'm drinking of the new. Glory to God. And see, as, as I'm drinking of the new covenant, I'm understanding that covenant. Do we even understand that covenant? See, in the Old Covenant, you could do everything under the sun and still not feel righteous. 
Because you were under the law. You were under the penalty of the you were under the penalty of sin, and the law, that was to the natural Jew, that is. The law had dominion over them until Christ come and spilled his blood that a new covenant, a new understanding would be given to those that come to him. And in this new understanding, he said, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be what? Filled. In the old covenant, there was none righteous. No, not one. But in the new covenant, you could be filled with righteousness. How are you going to get filled with righteousness? Because he said, I'm the bread. Because you're going to eat the bread of Him. And in the bread of Him, you come to understand that He is my righteousness. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because I'm eating His bread. See, if I eat the bread of the old covenant, I'm not righteous. See the different bread? Brings a different understanding. And it leaves us feeling, I'm not right with God. If I continually feast on the law, and think I'm under the law, then I come to a place all the time that I'm not right with God. And many Christians walk in that. Where, where they haven't dined, so to speak, uh, not that they haven't ever received Him, I'm not saying that because I call them Christians, but they haven't been in this continual feeding of Him. Because when I eat of Him, I begin to understand He has made me righteous. I am complete in Him. And I begin to declare that to the earth. Not through my own works, but through the work of God that He did. Now that's eating His flesh. That's eating His, drinking His blood. Because in the covenant He cut, he remitted your sins. Means they're gone. Not coming back. Not holding them against you. That's the covenant He cut. He cut it. And the Lord spoke of that covenant even in the prophets that your sins would be as far away as what? East is from the west. That he would remember them, thy sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Problem is you do. Problem is we do. We're the one bringing them up to God. Usually it's us that come to him and say, well, Lord, I'm just a filthy, no good, whatever. Because we're not eating enough of His flesh. Because when I eat of Him, He's filling me with His life. And see, His life is not filthy. His life isn't lacking. His life 
isn't imperfect. See, we're eating of the perfect one, if we can hear this. So I eat his flesh. I eat what he declares in himself. And what he says of me is, I've been made one with him. That's what he says. He said it. That they may be one even as we are one. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one. So if I'm eating his flesh, I'm receiving that. That Lord, you have made me one with you. You have joined me to you. That's eating his flesh. See, the old covenant had us without. See, the old covenant, that, that veil that was there, stopped us from entering into the glory of the Lord. Now, we weren't there then. But it stopped. The Israelite would look there, and they would see the cloud of God come down in there, and they'd go, well, there's the glory of the Lord. But they couldn't enter into it. Just the high priest one time a year. With the blood of the offering. But Jesus by His own blood. See, see the difference of the blood? Jesus by His own blood brought access. That every word He said could be established. That they might be one even as we are one. That we could walk in the earth as one with Christ. That's the mind of God. That's a whole different mind. That we would walk in the earth as one with God. That's eating His flesh. That's what His flesh declares. Telling you it is. That's what He purchased. He purchased you to Himself. It's what the Bible declares. He purchased you for Himself or to Himself. Purchased you. To walk in union with Him. To know Him. To be in fellowship with Him. And fellowship means... I'm learning Him. I'm knowing Him. It doesn't mean we just come and say a prayer and have a little fellowship at service or feel God even in the song service or in the preaching service. That's not what the fellowship is. That's included. That's included. I'm not against preachers and singers. I'm a preacher. <laughs> so I'm not against them. But the fellowship is the fellowship into what He is. That's what fellowship is. The called into the fellowship of God's dear Son. So what He is, how He is, who He is, that's the fellowship of our soul. 
And that's a fellowship. That we can fellowship what He is. We can know what He is. You're talking about salvation. That's salvation. See, salvation was reduced down by men to just getting to heaven someday. Salvation is so much greater than that. I repeat this because I mean it. It is so much greater than that. It is knowing who He is. How He is. That's what it is. His mind in you. His thought in you. That I will be your God. And they will be my people. That's salvation. Called into the fellowship of God's dear Son. That's salvation. Called out of darkness into His light. And I come into that by eating of Him. See, I can eat all kinds of stuff in the natural. And at times I do. And Jesus ever even said you, that they would drink what deadly things and it will not harm them because His life is greater than the deadly things, than the carnal mind. Now I know some people take that as drinking poison. And, and in a way the carnal mind is poison. But I'm not talking to you about poison. Okay? Not natural poison. But you can partake of things. And it won't harm you because He's greater. The reason it won't harm you, He's overcome the world. He's overcome those things. That's why it doesn't harm you because He's overcome that, those things. And greater is He that is in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Can you say that? He is greater than he that's in the world? So, so, so we take things into our heart. We eat things. But Jesus has come unto me. Eat of me. Now this setting in John 6, when Jesus said this, this was where I was going this morning and I'm already about 30 minutes into it, so we'll see how far I get. But in this setting, Jesus had just fed a multitude, fish and bread, and taken up 12 baskets full. And they followed Him looking for Him. I guess if someone had fed you out in, the, out in a desert place, and they taken two small fish and five loaves of bread and fed, I think in one, one of the Gospels said about 5,000, not including men and women. I think there were two different times he did this. And so he feeds multiples of people with five loaves of bread. And he takes up 12 baskets full. Now I want to point a couple things out there, just point out something you to think of. 
And I'll try to move through these and we'll, and we'll stop. In John 6, we'll stop probably after we get to Ephesians. I'm not saying we'll stop right here. John 6, Jesus feeds the multitude and starts, I don't know, Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. He doesn't even have big fish. He may have two little perch. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. That's a lot of people sitting. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. I want you to see how he fed them. He distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise the fishes. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the barley loaves, which remained over and above them that had eaten. Now what this speaks to me of is an increase of him. Because he says... He's the bread of life. So he breaks this bread, speaking of breaking his body. And his disciples begin to feed them. Now I want you to watch something. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. I really want you to see this. Ephesians 4. says, verse 7, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Let me get out of this translation. I'm going to move to the King James. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same that ascended up far above all heavens. That he might feel all things. Now watch this. We can just... Stop right there and preach all day. But watch this. He gave gifts unto men, right up above. He gave gifts unto men, and he gave some, verse 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, 
for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now go back in your mind to John 6. Jesus took the bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples. And they took the bread and began to feed the multitude. And from the feeding of the multitude came a great increase. This is what this is declaring. That he that descended, ascended up above all heavens, that he might fill all men, and he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry to edify the body of Christ. Till we come to the unity of the faith. Doesn't say till we're raptured. It says till we come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. That's his thought. To come to the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here you go. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's his thought. That's what the work of the ministry is, is to edify. He feels. He feels. He that descended, ascended up above all the heavens. That he could feel all things. And he's coming through his word. He's increasing through His Word. Hallelujah. Till you come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man. Till you come to a perfect man. How am I, and see, see, Christians go automatically, they'll say, well, no one's perfect. Jesus said something different. See, this, this flies out of her mouth. Well, no one's perfect. In yourself, I would agree with you, Abby. But I'm not agreeing with yourself. I'm agreeing with himself. See, see this is where the issue's at. Is himself. He hath perfected forever them that believe. Whew. He hath perfected forever them that believe. Get a hold of that. That's eating his flesh. See, I, see if, I eat, if I eat the law of Moses, I'll find no perfection there. Because it was speaking of him. And when he come, he was what it declared. Even the Ten Commandments. Who, who could love without partiality but God Himself? Huh. Who, who could be impartial? You, you know in our flesh what we are. We're partial. You get my kids and your kids there, and we have an issue, you'll see partiality. Because I'll think my kids are better than your kids. And you'll think your kids are better 
They're my kids. That's just a simple illustration. But the Lord is impartial. He hath perfected forever them that believe. So you're being perfected in Christ Jesus the Lord as you eat His flesh and drink His blood. You know, people say, sometimes I need to do more for Jesus. I need to do more for Jesus. Maybe what Jesus wants you to do is eat His flesh and drink His blood. And then when you encounter someone, you can feed them manna from heaven. You can actually give them water to drink. You can walk out and have an encounter with someone and begin to declare life to them. Heavenly life. Eternal life. Because you're eating His flesh and drinking His blood. Hallelujah. Man, that changes the soul. That changes the inside of you. Of me. And that's what God's after. Is that you have His life in you and His life flowing out of you. And trust me, his life will be way better than, than all the goodness you may, or I may, think I could have done. Because He has no impartiality in His character. His character isn't flawed. So we come into an unflawed character. We come to the life of God. Bob, that's salvation to me. My old saying, I haven't said this in a long time, but I feel like I could jump right out of my skin. That's how good I feel right now. It's how the Lord is just moving in me. I feel like I could just jump right out because of the glory and power of Christ that I, I'm witnessing in my soul. And I'm like, Lord, evermore give me this bread that I witness Your glory and power and life. Evermore give me this bread. I want to feast on You. Anyway. <laughs>